This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you for listening to the FCS Podcast with your hosts, Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, do you believe... Hey, nice driver shoes, Sean. Oh, you like my driver <laughs> shoes? <laughs> You're listening to the FCS Football Podcast, presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network, your go-to source for in-depth and entertaining FCS football analysis. I'm Joe Delio, and joined by Sean Anderson. As always, we are, as I said, your go-to source for FCS content. Sean, we are closing down on the final three weeks of being able to say we're Division One college football players. Now your your career ended a little bit earlier. Oh, thanks. Well, I'm just uh, <laughs> you got to be get, get get all the details out there. Your nah, career ended true. a little earlier than than mine did, but still, you're still technically a part of the team, and you're going to all the games, and you're being with with your teammates. <laughs> well, you give me that content. No, it's it, just it just sucks to hear. Yeah. <laughs> you had to do what you had to do. You had to yeah, do a true. serious injury in your elbow, and yeah, it had to be fixed. It's a bummer. But it's still fun to be around the team, and you know it, it is kind of it's you're like wow, you know it's it's over, it's over. I see all the other seniors, and it's just this is it. I it still feels like like in camp, it still felt like freshman year camp and sophomore year camp. I mean, it's indescribable how fast it went. It felt like one long freshman year, and then <laughs> you find out. I'm serious. It felt like we. I literally just walked in here. And we're three games away. A quarter of the the season is left until we're we're basically saying that we're on the job market as normal people. Yeah, I mean we're just old heads now. We're gonna be old heads. <laughs> That's what it is. I, it's a good point. <laughs> are you gonna come back to games next year or the year after or something? It depends how busy I am. It depends where I'm working. Right. You know, like if I have to be working on Saturdays or something, depending on where either of us are, we we really might not be able to. We're not. Gonna, we, you and I both are going to be working in the media field, the sports media field, in radio or broadcasting. So there's a chance you and I both might need might be working odd hours and not really be able to come out here on a Saturday. Right. No, it's it, it's not like typical guys <laughs> on our team that all just have communications degrees and. Oh, whoa, no. Well, no, no, I'm just whoa, saying like they, they might be no. working in <laughs> you know in staffing or for Amazon and supply chain management or finance and stuff like that. Like those guys are. Off on the weekends, regardless. Right. Oh, yeah. We're you got a good point there. You we're in, in, point. in an industry that never stops, and the newbies always have to work. Are you going to come back if you can? It's, just, it's a fair question. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, like when players come back like two or three years after, they just don't even recognize the team. Oh, yeah. I mean, do you recognize any players on your high school team now? No. No. They're all gone. All gone. So what is it? I mean... I don't know. I'll still support. I'll tune in. Like on Saturdays, I'll try and watch and I'll try to to track it. But I mean, it's all gone. I mean, the majority of the players that we know or have played with, they're they've graduated already. Yeah. So it's just it's you know when we graduate, it's going to close that door, and it's a finite amount of players that you have played with to go out and support. 
It's also funny because you don't you can't even recognize the guys that we used to play with that come to the games because all the skill players are fat now and all the linemen are skinny. <laughs> you gotta, <laughs> I mean, like Gilbert's a guy that he, he barely looks like he used to be a lineman. He's doing CrossFit now. Yeah, he's in incredible shape. And then I can't think of anyone who's gotten fat, but there's definitely – Coop. You think Coop got fat? Hey, oh, Coop got a little fat. <laughs> See, I don't know if Coop listens, but he would strike me as someone who would. So <laughs> Hey, Coop, Coop got a little fat. I'm just waiting for like a tweet or something, <laughs> or someone who knows Coop. Oh, what's Coop is so uh, soft spoken. We're talking about Harold Cooper. Oh, damn! But I know Coop's gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna be in the locker room on on senior day, and Coop's gonna come over us and be like, "So, Sean, you think I'm fat? <laughs> you was saying I was heavy. <laughs> Man, Sean, <laughs> you're one to talk. <laughs> okay, Coop, I know, I get it. <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, the the progress report still stands though for our weight evaluations after the season's oh, yeah. over for Sean and I. <laughs> we're gonna keep track of that. We're gonna create some type of a, a fun interactive want, thing. Is that what it. you want? Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to do that. I want to make that a thing. Uh, okay. Because Sean <laughs> and I have this indirect uh, conversation of who's gonna be the fattest by the time we're done. <laughs> we're, we're, we're both fighting here to lose a certain amount of weight, and Sean thinks he can lose, what is it, 50? I'll, I'll get 40 pounds down by February 28th. Okay, and I'm, I, I've already lost 10, but the, uh, goal is, the goal is another 30, be around like 175. Holy hell. Yeah. Another 30 pounds? Well, no, 30 total. Oh, 30 total. Because I was okay. 205 at the start of the season. I'd like to be down to 175 because I'm not playing anymore. I don't need that much weight. <laughs> right. No, yeah, that's fair. That's right. Once the season actually comes to an end, though, folks, we'll we'll have our sentiments. We'll probably spend a lot of time in just discussing our careers because it's such a unique thing to get to talk about and be able to reflect on. And not everyone has that opportunity and that medium to do so. So, you know, Sean and I are going to take that time. We'll probably post on Twitter for questions. But if you have any questions now, feel free to message us and stuff about when that episode comes around and what we want to talk about. Uh, if you're interested in maybe just getting a straight episode where we do just discuss favorite memories and, and ins and outs yeah ins and, and outs that. shoot us our questions we'll, we'll gladly put out a third episode in the week or uh towards the like maybe after the the uh national championship and all that happens we, we would 100 percent love to do that just got to hear what you guys think on that right now sean we're gonna take a step on over to the water cooler we need to take a little break here because we need some water Sean's making his motion for the uh, the sound effect that I still I, I'm still debating <laughs> on if I want to do that or not. <laughs> it's a vile effect. It's just <laughs> not as vile as one of our our other oh podcasts we... we were going to put in. <laughs> so, the first thing at the water cooler I want to talk to you about, Sean, is that the the CAA kicked the crap out of each other this weekend. They just eviscerated each other. They managed. It... To knock most of their teams, not out of contention, but made things very, very difficult just by upsets, overtime victories, and unexpected wins. So, I, I just, to recap all the games into, into one quick sentence here, Villanova loses to New Hampshire 28-20. Elon in centuple overtime, five, uh-huh, is way. that the correct yeah. word? Uh, Cint- quintuple, I'd quintuple, say. Quintuple, same difference. Overtime, Elon loses to William & Mary 31-29. Towson beats Delaware 31-24. Richmond upsets Stony Brook 30-10. And then finally, Maine beats Albany 47-31. So these are all games that could have gone either way, but because of how they happened, we're currently sitting with a very, very weird 
CAA because JMU is obviously at the top, but then you have Richmond and New Hampshire as the next next few teams with decent in-conference records, and the remaining few are pretty much at 500. Well, Villanova still has a good record, but they do, they're skidding right now. It, the C, I don't know. It's like a landslide. It, it's abs- Every team is like a downhill skier. When you think that someone's really in the lead, another person's coming up and clipping them from behind, and then they have to get their skis back on and find a way to get back <laughs> down the hill. So everyone's just clipping each other down the hill trying to see who could get down there first. It, being realistic, I think Villanova will still make the playoff yeah. just because they're 6-3, and three, and even if they finish 7-5, and five, that's still a good record for them to be in a position to make it. So realistically, the CAA first overall finish in the standings gets that auto bid but if you have a competitive record and you're still ranked in that range you're, you're probably still going to make the playoff it just so happens it's very hard to, to finish above seven and five if you're not JMU right everyone's just beating the hell out of each other out of each other and the the one thing that we kind of formulated from this though is that there's a decent chance that we only have two CAA teams make it this year after a record-breaking six last year there's a there's a possibility we could see that yeah, and I believe, just to tease the listeners, we might have a special guest coming on to uh, to discuss that uh, in a yes. couple weeks to just talk about the CAA and the playoff picture there and that kind of dynamic within the conference. Uh, so keep your, your ears open yeah. for, for some new developments on that front. If I'm being completely honest, I don't know who Sean's referring I think I know, but I'm not 100% sure. Sean's that, he, he's very keen on making it that much of a surprise. So we'll, keep your... Uh, Keep uh, keep yourself on your toes, folks. Keep your ears peeled for what's coming up next. But very possible we only see two teams coming from the CAA. Next thing with our next cup of water here at the water cooler is that Monmouth took claim over the Big South with a 45-21 victory over Kennesaw State. Sorry, Nick Masseroni. Oh. Sorry, uh, Sean Blythe. Yeah, sorry, Sean Blythe. <laughs> two of our more avid listeners are big uh Kennesaw State fans because they currently attend and they're in the band there, the marching band, if I'm correct. Uh, hopefully, Nick's feeling a little bit better after we gave him a uh, edible arrangement <laughs> after he received it. <laughs> it's a little bit of crossover, but <laughs> yeah, a little cross- we're not gonna. I'm not gonna explain it, but uh, he, he got a nice gift from us, so I'm hoping he's feeling a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but there's actually a shot here, though, Sean, that mm-hmm. we could have three Big South teams. So how backwards? Not backwards, but how unpredictable is this FCS playoff going to pull out where we could have Monmouth, Kennesaw State, and Campbell vying for, for, for multiple spots in two non-auto-bid teams? I think that Monmouth beating Kennesaw State is just furthering the bid for both Mo- or for all three because it shows that there's actual competition within the Big South there, that they are dueling it out, all these good teams that show, hey, these guys can actually play with each other uh, but they're also clearly separated from the bottom tier of the Big South. So Monmouth had this win not only uh, for the benefit of themselves, but also Kennesaw State and Campbell. We're going to address this a little bit later because we had a, uh, a Kwame's Corner question uh, that is going to be featured in the end. Um, but essentially, though, that these teams, most of them have to play each other, and there is actually a shot that if they pick each other off here and there they could have good enough records to put them in that that type of a position where all three could finish out and end up in the fcs football playoff so final cup of water here we're gonna have at the water cooler is that ut martin upset jacksonville state not really an upset but it is another one that we put on upset watch and we got it right yeah we were one for four this week on the upset watch but at least we picked one 
Yes. You know, we'll, we'll take one. I would have assumed that that's the kind of consistency we were going to have where it would probably be one or two. It just happened, so happened we were really hot for those few weeks. You know, it's hard to be perfect, but I think that's still pretty good. Uh, we are a little overambitious picking four, admittedly, <laughs> but I, I think that I'm pretty sh- certain that UT Martin over Jacksonville State would have been in the top two selections for the upsets that we had chosen. Final thing on here that's not on the docket, but we're teasing a segment later in the show, is oh. that the FCS playoff committee is going to be releasing its top 10 seeds or top 10 rankings before the final weeks of the season. This is the first time we're going to get a look at that. So keep your eyes out for that as well to see who ends up getting picked. We'll be putting out our Thursday show episode not in the morning, but probably a little bit later than we typically do, just so we can make sure we hit on getting those picks and getting a reaction to them. Right. Also, just for that segment, I just want—I'm just going to prelude. Who do you think you are? Uh, we'll get to that, but I just—I <laughs> just, just want you to be prepared for me wondering who you think you are with okay. with, right. with something on. We here. love teasing segments. Now, there's some games that saved our jobs this weekend, and and one, right. of, one of them was not as close as we would hoped, and it was an uwu game, and the second one just had to be on there because of the... I'm trying to think of the word for it, just how bizarre it was. And you could probably take a guess. I'd say tense would be the the tone of that game. If you're listening in and you you have our Twitter handles, at Joe DeLeon, at SeanAnderson65, pause the show right now and tweet at us which game you think it is. Take a wild guess. You could probably guess it right. So the first game, though, was three Weber State pretty much manhandling Sacramento State, 36-17. Sixth straight win for Weber State, who was on a tear with only two losses to FBS opponents. Now, a lot of stock can really be put in on the fact that Kevin Thompson was knocked out of this game with an injury. I have not been able to really find anything to support when he's going to be coming back, but hopefully he is back in time for the playoffs and he doesn't miss too much game time. Uh, Jake Dunaway was the guy who replaced him. He had 154 yards and only threw for 50%. So that kind of lack of completion percentage and consistency seemed to have hurt them as they sputtered. And Thompson was also having a decent game before he left, also throwing for a little bit over 50%. Josh Davis, as you could expect, 177 yards, one touchdown on the day. It's kind of funny, Sean. I don't know about you, but when I read his stat lines... I look at 177 and I'm like, oh, he had a pretty good day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, am I wrong that you're just you just you're so accustomed to seeing these gaudy numbers from him? Normally, you see a running back with like a you know, 85 yards. It's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. He got some, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's had some explosion plays here and there. Might, he might have scored a touchdown. 177 for Josh Davis is like 85 yards for a lot of the other run, running backs in the FCS. It really is ironic that you're just you see this number like oh he had a decent day it's not really up to what he can do but that's how explosive Josh Davis is and he was really able to take things over and and dominate things on the ground which is Weber State's bread and butter in addition to strong defensive plays as they were able to score a touchdown off of a fumble and that was honestly what created the edge for Weber State that defensive touchdown helped them get that edge because. It's very hard to keep Sacramento State out of the end zone, even without Kevin Thompson, because of the amount of weapons they have. But if you're able to create that turnover and score a defensive touchdown, like I said, creates all the more the edge. Yeah, Sacramento State's bread and butter is their offense. And you could look at the sack totals that they have over the season and say, wow, you know, they get all those sacks. But 
their offense wins games more than their defense does. And Weber State's offense was just rolling this game, and they were able to take advantage and and kind of coach around the the strengths of Sacramento State's defense, and they were able to to come out with a win. I think just by the offensive play calling uh, alone. Yeah, we discussed how important Josh Davis was going to be in this game, and he really was that contributing factor as they were able to chew a lot of the clock up. They dominated time of possession, and even though they didn't outperform them in total yardage. They still had that edge because of Josh Davis. Yeah, he's definitely a game changer. He definitely is a game changer. One of the, I mean, going in the last three weeks of the season here, how many non-quarterback game changers are we are we listing besides James Robinson, really? Yeah. Than Josh Davis, and he is still a sophomore. Yeah, he was a a f- top performing freshman last year. But I tweeted this out, though, Sean, is that Weber State, I think, needs to be talked more about how dominant they are because their only two losses came to San Diego State, who is currently ranked 24th in FBS yep. and was on by this past week, and Nevada, who is an above 500 FBS program. Those two losses were by a combined score of 12. So that's just how good Weber State is, and I think that kind of slowed down Josh Davis a little bit in his production early in the year because they had to go through that that rough patch of two FBS teams, but now they're going to be hitting the ground running. Yeah, this team can play. This team can really play, and I think, I mean, they made noise last year also in the in the playoffs when we saw that, but this year, that do you expect them to make any less noise? I don't think so. I think that they'll go as far as they did last year. I, I don't think a lot of people are, are really considering them, them to be as much of a contender as North Dakota State and JMU, but more people need to be aware of them because they could knock off either of those teams considering how well they've played right so this other game that saved our jobs is and if you guessed it right folks it was 14th dartmouth beating harvard the score is correct if you didn't see it nine to six (laughs) another uh, another bit of a bout of old school football minus the passing game for Dartmouth that was a little bit productive but still a low scoring defensive fought battle it was very back and forth Sean it was really really back and forth was that you who put the ha ha in the in the notes there yeah <laughs> <laughs> what was your reasoning for that I just because <laughs> you think back and forth you think Chiefs Rams Monday Night Football last yeah. year not, <laughs> not back and forth <laughs> Dartmouth Harford nine to six <laughs> Yeah, because it wasn't a shootout. It was a defensive <laughs> Not, bout. <laughs> right. The punters had a really good back and forth is what I yeah. would say. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a lot of them, both teams, pushing the ball down the field and then stopping and stalling in either a punt or two field goals for Harvard, uh, one field goal for Dartmouth. As you can anticipate, though, Dartmouth had a particularly difficult day and they did not look like themselves as Harvard was able to rack up five sacks on them. So that slowed them down, and also uh, Jarek Urbino went down with an injury, who is their star quarterback. Derek Kyler came in and played a decent game, and he ultimately played in on the final play that decided this game. So there was about, I think, six seconds left around the middle of the field after they got the ball back from Harvard failing to convert on a fourth down play. Get the ball, which I don't understand why you don't kick a field goal if you've already kicked two. They threw a Hail Mary and converted on it on a, on a absolute prayer, and that was the deciding factor. That was the game. Did you see the camera work on the Hail Mary? I, I do remember it. It is 
and uh, Barstool Big Cat tweeted this out. And they, I saw it. He said it's the worst Hail Mary uh, video coverage of all time. <laughs> <laughs> because the cameraman is just like, I don't know if he was asleep at the wheel or what, but it's a final play, the Hail Mary, and he's like tilting it all off to the side. You barely see the catch. I mean, it, it, excellent Hail Mary, but you just, how do you, how do you mess up that operation there? Winning on a Hail Mary, we have to talk about that on here. And the nine... N- I don't know if we'll ever talk about another 9-6 and six game unless it happens in the playoffs or the, the championship. But if you're going to win on a Hail Mary, you'll probably be on the games this average. Hey, there's a shot we could see that with if JMU North Dakota State ends up being, <laughs> oh, yeah. or even Weber State's one of the right. teams, because the, they're all really good defensive teams with very good run games. We could see a, a, a 10-6 game, 9-6 game. There's a, there's a shot at that. Maybe the camera guy, though, was just expecting, like, oh, it's just another heave that's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it needed his next cup of coffee to pull it off. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, Kyler ended up being, I think, a, a bit of a, a deterring factor for the offense despite that final heave because I noticed a lot of plays he was holding on to the ball a little too long. Did you notice that too? Yeah, I, backup quarterbacks it, it can kind of they can get kind of get a little finicky, and they they but they also want to be like perfect when they get in the game because they know it could be their you know their their one shot to blow. So um, with that opportunity, they have to. <laughs> They have to find a way to, to make the right place and reference? make the right uh, decisions going down the field so they can hold on to it too long. They don't want to make that the, the first read risk, uh, whereas if you could find the perfect option on the play, then you're the hero backup quarterback. Yeah, that, that opportunity only comes once in a lifetime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dartmouth now, though, remains unbeaten, which adds all the more juice to this game. They're going to be playing Princeton, essentially, for the rights for that Ivy League crown. Because the, the, these two teams are currently undefeated. They're playing in the college football 150th anniversary game. A lot of juice behind it. It's going to be really tough to watch. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens because both these teams are very, very good. We don't entirely agree that they should be as ranked as highly as they, they are, and they we'll might be, that. but we'll, we'll get, get to that, that later. Segment three, surprising scores. We've got a lot of surprising ones that we have. What do you give me that the the the, the, the jerking it's, around by it the? Sounds like <laughs> sounds like ocean, uh, whale noises in my headphones from you you messing around with your mic. Sorry, over there. keep your hands still. <laughs> so some surprising some surprising scores that we have came from the massacre, the mini massacre that we had. Actually, would you even call that a massacre? It's like a it's like a it's, family it's, feud in the CAA. Yeah, I call it, I go with family feud here. It was just a it's uh what's the name of the 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 um the two uh, families from like the um, Hatfields and McCoys? Yeah, it's like the Hatfields and the McCoys that we have going on over here with uh, with the CAA because there's just a feud across all all ends and they're just killing each other and keeping them out of any any real relevance. So the, the surprising scores though that we have here, Sean, are Richmond upsetting Stonebrook. New Hampshire upsetting Villanova, and William and Mary upsetting Elon. What are you getting at? I, every time I put any team on a pedestal and vouch for them on this show, the next week they go out and they <laughs> disappoint me. The next week. Stony Brook, I yelled about how good you are for like five minutes last week, and here we go. Now you're losing to Richmond, to the to the freshman quarterback. That freshman quarterback, Fagnano, he can deal, man. He's a big dude. He's, he might be running the CAA in the next couple of years. We have three freshman quarterbacks that are are really leading the charge right now in the CAA. It's going to be so interesting to see right. in the next four years because Albany, New Hampshire, and Richmond have three freshmen. Yeah, this dude's a stud, but I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous for for the next for when we get, when we get to Friscology and I start <laughs> saying somebody should be up high. The next oh, week they'll they disappoint get, you. They'll <laughs> disappoint you. 
<laughs> so if anyone wants to evaluate Sean analysis skills, don't listen to what he says, I, I, but, <laughs> but consider the opposite and then acknowledge that's that's how he's able to be correct. I even fought for <laughs> Kennesaw State on Twitter this week. I was, oh, did you really? I was vouching hard for Kennesaw State oh. and how good they were and how they could beat Princeton in any Ivy, and then they go and they lost to Monmouth. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're letting Nick Massaroni get in your head a little bit. You're I'm just, just <laughs> it's Nick, so, stop swaying. Stop swaying I'm Sean's not being opinion. Swayed. They, they, all they did all year was put up dominant performances, and then I go out there, and the, the first thing I tweet about them the next the next week, they're done. The edible arrangements you set him sw- says otherwise. <laughs> oh yeah. I Although so. I did pay for half of yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Richmond beat Stony Brook. Okay, I jinxed you. New Hampshire, Villanova. I, New Hampshire's playing with some purposes here. I think they're playing for their coach. I think they are. They understand that maybe they're not the most talented across the board, but they're going to be the best, the the most disciplined team, and they're going to be the uh, the best or the most well coached team uh, out there. That's that's been their mantra for that span of of twelve consecutive playoff appearances, where they know that they're not drawing in the biggest talent. They, you know, you you see their team. You're like, none of these guys are first off the bus guys and if first off the bus guys are the dudes that are, are yoked uh that have abs up to their neck they got shoulders that go out four inches new hampshire's not that that team that that's not who they recruit they recruit f- just good football players and that's what they do and they're, they're really starting to turn this season around here and they're making a push here for the playoffs winning those close games are very very important in making that final push Sean, we're looking a little plump right now because we got some Fat stats coming up. Oh, you didn't want to touch on the the, the last one, or did we already? Oh, no, we pretty much took care of the yeah. five overtime game. <laughs> yeah. But Sean, what is uh, what's your fat stat this week? It's a bit of a close to home call here. Yeah, I'm really happy about my fat stat this this week. It's actually my locker partner, Malik Gavick, safety for the University of Rhode Island, and we really, as as we've spoke on the show before, we really don't try to interject our personal business here or you or I stuff much on this show I mean, we'll give you a little input here and there about just what it's like to be on the team and college football in general and some of the stuff that we've learned but we try not to talk about you or I games we we wouldn't come on here and talk about Merrimack uh the game that we just had this last week but I am so happy for Malik Gavick who I've been sitting next to at this locker for the last two years who's worked super hard these last I, he's a junior now these last three uh this is his third year here. Yeah. He's worked as hard as anybody on the team. And last week, he finally got pulled up for his first start, and he did well. He got an interception. But this week, he had 14 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, a pick six, two fumble recoveries, and a forced fumble. And he's not a, a, a major physical specimen. He is a ball player. He's going to find the ball. Once he got on that field, right now he's averaging – every time he's on the field in each game, he's getting a, a, a turnover for the yeah. game. He is becoming a massive game changer, and I'm not the only one that sees it. I mean, there were a lot of big plays we made this last Sunday, but the most excited the team was when Malik Gavick was making plays because they see that he's just this Rhode Island kid. He's not the biggest kid on the team, but everyone's happy for him because he took this opportunity to come on the team and show what he could do, and he's now earning He's earning his respect. He's earning that he can play on this field. He and, belongs there. And potentially a scholarship. But, Sean, you said, though, that we try to not be biased and, and, and have – a conversation about Rhode Island games and, and things that happen from uh, our school. But at the same time, we can't have a reverse bias and completely try to avoid it. When you have a right. performance like this, you can't not talk about it because that those numbers are astronomical. He scored a touchdown and had 
a hand in three turnovers. Is that yeah, three turnovers. Yeah, three turnovers. So that's just that's just crazy. So the the guy that I have though is uh, Jake Krishholm from Dayton, I believe. Chisel. Did I say uh, Chisel? Chisholm from Dayton Foot uh, Dayton University. Their running back, thirty five attempts, two hundred and sixty eight yards. Two touchdowns. That's a heavy stat right there. Now I wish he could hit the end zone a little bit more times, but almost 300 yards. That's a that's a passing stat line right there. That was a bell cow day for him with 35 attempts. Also, yeah. you, you, I mean, once you get over about 25 attempts, you'd think, hey, they're probably going to run the ball a little more here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you'd be able to stop him eventually. Now, boys and girls, sit on down as we are going to be breaking down the art of getting to Frisco with Friscology. The latest in the analysis and rankings, the latest polls that we have. And we're going to start off with the stats poll that was, is it updated? Yeah, it's on the the homepage of the website. Okay. All right, I'm pulling it up. So, Sean, give me your first uh, takeaways when you look at this. Mm. Kennesaw State drop into 15. That's a bit of a heavy drop. That's a heavy drop. And they're still ahead of Monmouth. Not a fan of that. They're still ahead of Monmouth, and when we get to the, it, we'll I'll touch on that a little more later. Uh, Monmouth is sitting at nineteen. I like that Monmouth's sitting at nineteen. I like that they're in there, but I do think that they should be higher than Kennesaw State, given that they beaten them. I mean, I sound like a broken record, but that's how it is. Uh, Towson at twenty-one. I guess. I, I, I so I, one one team that I'm not really a fan of here that's not in is, is UT Martin continues to be a consistent team. Right. I don't understand why Nichols earned a right to be in, but UT Martin did not. I, I'm still waiting for the, the I mean, day that they're ranked. They bounced out Jacksonville State. They did that. Jacksonville State's out. UT Martin should be in. We're not saying they should be the number three team in the nation, but they should be on this top 25 if you have such a good win like that. I still stand by the fact that Dartmouth and Princeton don't belong as high as they do. Just mm. because that the, the... I get it. Just you wait until you get to the coach's poll. Yeah, you want, you want to rank those Ivy League schools because they are FCS, but still, if they have no implication of playing in the playoff, then they don't belong in the conversation of being in that top 10. Yeah. So why is Princeton ranked 10th? And then in the coaches' poll, yeah. they're ranked 9th. So That's what, absurd. What, okay, so say Princeton or Dartmouth ends up going undefeated. Are you going to put them in the top 5? What does that mean? What that is, means it doesn't nothing. mean anything for anybody. That, that does in the nothing top five. for anyone. I don't care the recruits that they bring in or what kind of quarterback that they have that could have gone to Alabama. I don't care. If they're not playing for the same championship, then why are they being compared to the same types of players that are competing for said championship? I, we I, get it. It's yeah. the Ivies. It's a special tradition. They do their own thing. They start three weeks late. We get it. But then have them in their own thing. Look, I get it. They won national championships in the 1860s, and that's a big deal. And, you know, they, they were beating Notre Dame and Stanford and, and Michigan back then. But right now, they're doing their own damn thing. So if they're choosing not to play for the playoff, because that's the whole point of these rankings, is to put all of these teams in a list and an ordering as far as who the media or the coaches feel need to be in contention for the playoff. I have NCANT spanking Princeton. I have NCANT yeah. spanking Dartmouth. I would argue that some of these some of these lower ranked CAA teams that are in the rankings New Hampshire but have would be losses. Princeton. Yes. A hundred times over, yes. And if you want to disagree with us, you can. That's fine. You have the right to. Yeah. You have the right to. But at the same time, you see 
What are they competing for? They're the, also, not trying to sound yeah. like I'm whining about it. We don't. It's not like we have a dog in the fight. No. We just think that other teams on this list are actually well, we better do and will we're, actually we're contribute advo- more. We're advocating for the teams that are, are actually in contention for something when teams that are just participating and earning things for God knows what. Also, the, the final thought here, Wofford dropped in both polls and they – Got demolished by Clemson. I I don't. I'm not a fan of that. If you yeah. lose to an FBS team, especially a top five FBS team, you shouldn't take any hit. You just shouldn't. It's not. It's not on you. You're a warm up game for them. Sometimes you'll have some surprising squads. If you're a a top five team like North Dakota State or uh, JMU, maybe it's a little bit bit more surprising if you get blown out against a team like that. But still, Sean, you want to wrap things up though. We're gonna give our top ten playoff committee predictions here not so much a prediction but more so what we think needs to be the these these seedings needs to be okay i'll give mine and then i'll ask what, what okay you go ahead give you okay yours. in order here north dakota uh from one to ten north dakota state jmu south dakota state weber state montana central arkansas sacramento state northern iowa illinois state monmouth at 10 okay here here's what i have right now north dakota state JMU, Weber State, South Dakota State, Montana, Northern Iowa, Furman, Sacramento State, Kennesaw State. The only reason why I have Kennesaw State at 10 over Monmouth is that Monmouth lost to Montana. They have an additional loss. That's okay. how I look at it. All right. I, I guess if you want to rationalize it that way, I still think Monmouth beat Kennesaw State. Monmouth All right, what, should what's be higher. Your... Uh, yeah. Why do you have yours in the, the Roman numerals? What do you think you <laughs> That's are? That's who you're getting at? I, it wasn't intentional. I just left it the way it was. <laughs> I, your doc isn't as organized as mine is. Whatever, Napoleon. So screw you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as always, we're going to cleanly end things here with Kwame's Corner, which is our social media contingent of oh, comments and <laughs> questions that we have. So the first one is I, w- I want to give a little praise to Colin Sutrick as we were so annoyed by the fact that there's no continuity in in whether it's Kevin Thompson or Thompson and Colin Sutrick was able to confirm that it's Thompson and he actually told us uh that he played with 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 Kevin uh in Washington State in high school so that that's amazing that's just so cool to me Colin thank you for for messaging me and letting me know that, thank that you. that's that, so cool it clears it up we won't mess it up again but, oh, but besides the fact that that's so cool <laughs> that like I'm glad to hear that we have that type of connection uh, with a listener that they know personally, uh, a current player that is a dominant one in in the league. Final question is from one of our good friends, Nick Masseroni, the uh, Kennesaw State band member. The trumpeteur. Trumpeteur. Uh, he was asking, Monmouth has all but locked up the auto bid for the Big South. Where does Kennesaw State go from here regarding playoff chances? So I had a little bit of time this morning, and I <laughs> I, I, I took the time to, uh, oh, to do like the this. math here. So Kennesaw State, uh, right now the the, the standings are, are are set up that it's it's Monmouth at four and zero, Kennesaw State three and one, Campbell three and one, Hampton two and two. The rest of the teams are pretty much out of contention. So Kennesaw State, if they win out uh, and they need Campbell to beat Monmouth, they could actually end up winning it. I, I apologize if my math ends up being a little bit wrong here, but I, I was trying to figure this out, and I'm not the best mathematician. Monmouth pretty much wins out against North North Alabama, Campbell, and Hampton. They're pretty much all set. They they went out. Kennesaw State has no edge there. Campbell has no edge there. Campbell lost this past weekend to uh, 
North Alabama, and that kind of hurt them. But they're playing Kennesaw State, they're playing Monmouth, they're playing Charleston Southern. So all these teams have to play each other. And I, I forget the math that I worked out here for them because I didn't write it down. But they, they, they actually do have a shot because they're currently at 3-1. and one. Uh, I believe if they beat Kennesaw State and Monmouth, or if they win out and then you essentially try to get um, – Losses from the other two that the or, or if they go over in the final remaining games they could find a spot in. But the, the the one that I did the most work on here was Hampton. That there's actually a shot that Hampton could make it. They could technically win with a five and two record if they win their next three games and all of the final teams finish with four and three in conference record or Monmouth going five and two because Hampton has a hand in all of these final schedules that they have to play Monmouth and Kennesaw State. So if they're able to beat both of them, they would essentially create a they could potentially create a hole, but I don't think Hampton's good enough to do that. I just don't. There is a shot though. You just talk circles all the way around me there. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's just it was I, it, a, it's, it's all, all hypotheticals. It was a lot to follow, a lot of who needs to beat who. Hmm. He asked. I want to give him a real answer. I wasn't going to – see, we, we could have just Kennesaw, been like, oh, I, Kennesaw State needs to win out, but we had to look at the schedules here. No, I think that Kennesaw State will – I think they have a really good chance to, to make the playoffs. I would, I'd be very surprised mm-hmm. if, if Kennesaw State and Monmouth, uh, if they both didn't make it. Yeah, you'd be sitting with a 10-2 and record, so I would not be shocked if Kennesaw State still makes it with that good of a record. Uh, there's a chance that they could be uh, in the top 10 final rankings of the committee – not an auto bid, but they still also could earn an auto bid. There, there's a chance. I think these top three teams in the Big South are all picking each other, each other off, so anything can really happen. You got any closing points for us here, Sean? I don't think so. I, I think... Uh, I don't think so. That's what you just did. <laughs> Close it out yourself, then, Delio. All right, thank Close you for tuning out. in, folks. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Joe DeLeon and at SeanAnderson65, and also be sure to follow Believe Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram at B-L-E-A-V podcasts. You can find us wherever you can find a podcast. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, you name it, you can pretty much find us there. Spotify, you can find us there. And if you're having trouble finding us, go to Believe.com and search the FCS Football Podcast. We are there as well, as well as tons of other amazing shows of over 100 shows that they currently have that, I, that is continuing to grow. I think they're sitting at like 123 right yeah. now. The, some That's as many college football teams there that are. That is. The yeah, so, <laughs> I think. I, I, they just keep on expanding. Yep. Oh, wait. Constant expansion. We just keep on getting smaller. That's all, <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> Pond keeps on getting bigger. Essentially. Also, be sure to give us some feedback. Tweet at us. Let us know what you're thinking. And give us a rate on wherever you're listening to us. Have a wonderful rest of your day, folks. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. 
And with Dutch Boy's easy opening, smooth pouring container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save 